Thanks for joining us for today's edition of Lessons for Living. His word so fresh in our hearts abound. His word made flesh in the here and now. A new life is beginning. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. Lord, let us hear your lessons for living. So if I'm not careful... I can actually allow the stuff of the world, which is not bad, it's neutral, to actually hinder me from sharing the good news, from being concerned about the loss, from praying, from doing all of those things. It can steal from me the spiritual aspect of my life, and I'm just somebody who cares about this earth. So easy for that to happen. That's why Jesus talked about it. Time and again, the Bible warns about the deceptive nature of material wealth. You're told how it can cause an increase of worry as you try to figure out how to hang on to it. There are stories of men like Job and Abraham who, although wealthy, stayed close to God and God blessed them. There are others who allowed riches to turn their hearts from God. Today, Pastor Mark will teach about the importance of attaining what men like Job and Abraham had contentment, which was a result of their relationship with God. Remember, there's quite a few ways to receive a copy of Pastor Mark's teaching. We'll be sharing all that information with you at the close of today's broadcast. Now, here's Pastor Mark in Philippians chapter 4 as he continues his message, Content with Almost Nothing or with Everything. turn to Luke chapter 12. Luke chapter 12, verse 15. Matthew, Mark, Luke, you're close by. And and I want to show you something Paul learned. I'm sure he studied some of these writings and he understood these principles. Here in verse 15, Paul understood the principle of this verse. Jesus is speaking. Notice verse 15. Then he said to them, Watch out. Be on your guard against all kinds of greed. Here's the key. A man's life does not consist in the abundance of his possessions. Contentment, happiness, a purposeful life has nothing to do, number one, with stuff. We all have stuff. Whether it's little or much. My life isn't about My net worth. Now, Solomon was the richest man in all the world. And he wrote some amazing principles. In Ecclesiastes, Solomon writes this powerful verse. Ecclesiastes 5. He says this. Those who love money will never have enough. How meaningless to think that wealth brings true happiness. The more you have the more people come to help you spend it. Amen. How many remember when you first moved to Florida from up north that next winter? You had people want to spend all winter with you from up north. They didn't want to come in the summer. They wanted to come in the winter. 
If you ever won a lottery, I don't know why you're playing the lottery, shame on you. But if you ever won it, all of a sudden the fourth cousin on the left side comes up. They heard. They want to help you spend the money. Solomon's pretty wise. There was no lottery in those days. The more you have, the more people want to come to help you spend. So what good is wealth except for have to watch it slip through your fingers? Amen. And then look at the next verse. Better to have little with fear or respect for the Lord. In other words, have a relationship with God than to have great treasure with an unsettled heart, an unsettled spirit, inner torment. Now, who wrote those? Solomon. Who tried to fill his life with purpose and meaning without God, under the sun, never worked. He had houses, vineyards, orchards, servants, herds, tools, toys, treasures. He had 1,000 wives and concubines. He wrote that. He basically said this. It never brings satisfaction. Now, we know this fact. The more we acquire, the more stuff we have to maintain. It breaks down, you got to fix it. The more bank accounts you have, the more stocks you have, guess what happens when it comes to, well, tax time. you got to get all those forms. Lord, help us. And they're just so complicated. Pretty soon our lives are complex, filled with pressure, and we discover the key that I told you a moment ago. Instead of us enjoying the possessions, they actually rule my life. Now, we've learned in the last few years how important sleep is to all of us. Because not only does that sleep affect my mind, but it affects my whole body. Solomon knew the truth before Dr. Oz knew it. It's in Ecclesiastes 5.12. Look at it. People who work hard sleep well. Whether they eat little or much. But the rich seldom get a good night's sleep. Here's what you want to write. Wealth doesn't bring peace of mind. In fact, to be honest, usually brings the opposite. How important is a good night's sleep? What price tag can you put on it? You know what our world has done today? And when you travel, and all of us do, I usually say in the medium range things like the Hampton or the Fairfield or Holiday Inn Express or whatever. Even now, and you go to those holds today, you know what they ask you when you check in? What kind of pillow you want? It's like four different, five different kinds of pillows. Now you go to the expensive ones, they don't ask you, they just put like 12 pillows on your bed. Now what are they trying to do? They're trying to get you by the pillow, what? A good night's sleep. It's really not about the pillow. It's about what's going on in here. You see, the hard worker, when he gets home, has a little bit of dinner and goes to bed, he or she is what? Exhausted. Did they sleep well? Yeah, because tomorrow morning they're getting up and do what? Do it again. The person has lots of stuff. When they lay down, what happens? Their mind doesn't stop. Here's all the decisions. To make the right decision on here, tomorrow i got to do this, i got to do that, and over here, and then move that thing. There's more accounting over there. Am I talking to anybody who knows what I'm talking about? And so pretty soon we have no sleep. The more we have, very often, the less healthy we become. But we can afford doctors. No, you want to be proactive the other way. And so the Bible warns us about letting those possessions, other than simply 
basis, just basic things. Don't get overdone with it because all night, remember the song, tossing, turning, tossing, and turning all night. Come on. It's a great song. That's what happens to us when our possessions on us. What are we doing all night? Tossing and turning. Turn with me to 1 Timothy chapter 6. Paul would teach his young protégés about every aspect of life. Of course, he'd have to mention money. Money was no different. Possessions were no different in those days. Same principle. And in 1 Timothy chapter 6, get on to verse 6. It's a powerful principle. Paul says this, but godliness with contentment, it takes the two of them, is great gain. What does a rich person look like? The word godly means holy and devoted to God, focusing on God. So here's the definition of a rich person. And I want you to ask yourself this morning, I'm going to give you two definitions of rich people. Ask yourself if you're rich. A rich person is a Christ follower who's becoming more like Christ. And how? Two ways. Obedient and content. You see, a rich person is one who knows Jesus Christ personally and is satisfied and sufficient in all the things that God has given them. Whatever it is, it's enough. Godliness with contentment is great gain. Are you rich? Do you have both? Is there a good balance? Now, you and I are here for lots of reasons, but we're really here to come to know God personally. Some of you don't know God, but when you do know God, then we worship Him and we serve Him, and we become light and salt for the world. We become that which changes the world. I'll be a father and a, and a husband and a hard worker, and serve God with lots of things. But bottom line, bottom line for eternity, I'm put here to change people's lives, just as you are. As I'm doing all these things with my family, which obviously is very important to me, I'm reaching out to the world that doesn't know Jesus Christ. Now, if I'm not careful, stuff can eliminate that totally. Look at this verse from Mark. But the worries of this life, the deceitfulness of wealth, that it brings satisfaction, and the desire for other things come in and choke the word, making it, key word, unfruitful. So if I'm not careful, I can actually allow the stuff of the world, which is not bad, it's neutral, to actually hinder me from sharing the good news, from being concerned about the lost, from praying, from doing all of those things, it can steal from me the spiritual aspect of my life, and I'm just somebody who cares about this earth. So easy for that to happen. That's why Jesus talked about it. So here's a second definition of a rich person. See if you are. A rich person is one whose life priorities... Our God, people, and time. I want to spend most of my time with God, serving Him, hearing Him, responding to Him, obeying Him, 
with people. Of course, my wife first, children, grandchildren, friends, people includes unbelievers. So I want to use my time that way. Ask yourself this morning, are you rich? My time shouldn't be spent focusing on stuff. Now look at verse 7. As you're looking at verse 7, I want everybody to look at me. I want you to say one word, and it's going to be okay. We're in church, but you can say it. Okay? I want you to say this word, naked. So say it with me now. Just, just say it, naked. Come on, some of you can't get it out. Just and We're in church. Just say it, naked. If you're from Georgia, how do you say it? Naked. That's exactly right. I looked for a slide that I could put up with naked, but I couldn't put one up. Sorry. He said, Pastor, what are you talking about? Well, look at this verse. It's powerful. Look at it. For we brought nothing into the world. How did we come? Naked. And we can take nothing out of it. How do we go out of the world? Naked. Every single person looking at me knows that's true. But we don't live like it. Every single person knows that you came in the world naked and you're going to leave with nothing. But we don't live like it. Because we're squeezing this mold of putting all our marbles on the stuff here. When your funeral comes, when your urn is here, there's nothing left. You're gone. And so that's why this fleeting of possessions is so important. We leave this earth with zero Nada, nothing. Think about all the fuss we make about stuff. Verse 8. But if we have food and clothing, Paul says this, we will be content with that. Now, in the original language, food means food and water. Clothing means clothes and shelter. Paul, are you crazy? No, that's the simple life. That's really what life's all about. God, people, our time, some talents, food and water, clothes and shelter. All the rest of the thing is a little fluff on the top. Now, let me show you. As you know, every year I go to India and I teach in a seminary over there. And there's first, second, and third year students. There's usually four to 600 students. And this year I got to teach all of the students in the evening. But during the day, two or three, four times during the day, I got to teach the second year students in India. I want to show you their picture this morning. There's all those amazing students that I get to teach. And, and to come to the seminary, they have to speak English, so it's easy for me. When I go out in the smaller villages, of course, you have to teach an interpreter, which cuts your time in half because the interpreter has to speak. So take a look at them. Let me tell you their lifestyle. Pretty much what you see in that picture, they'll have maybe one, at probably max, two other pieces of clothing. They live in dorms, guys and gals dorms. They'll be anywhere from three, four, five to six in a little room. There's no bathroom in the room. It's going to be down the hall in the center where they'll have showers and toilet. The showers are cold. I've experienced that. When they go to eat in a week, once a week they'll have meat. Once a week they'll have fish. 
Twice a week, they'll have an egg. The rest of their meals, big pile of rice, dal, which is their protein, some veggies. Once in a while, a little piece of bread thrown in, Indian bread. A couple times a week, they'll get tea. The rest of the time, they drink water. That's their lifestyle. Every Friday, they fast for a meal. Every Sunday morning, they fast a meal. Now, why does the gospel for Asia do that for these kids? Number one, is that hard on these kids? Not really, because where they came from, this is like the Taj Mahal. The reason they teach them that lifestyle is in a few years, two years after this, they're out on the mission field. And the people that they'll be ministering to in most of the village in India don't even have that. As I said to you, unless you take a trip around the world to different parts, you will never be humbled as you and I need to be humbled. I always come back humbled. Do you see them crying in the cigarette and don't have anything? It's really a poor lifestyle. No, when you're around them, they're joyful. They were ecstatic. They all wanted a picture with me. They love God. They said, Pastor Mark, will you come back and teach us next year? For sure you're coming back and teach us next year, aren't you? But they have needs just like you. I asked for needs one day and asked for people to stand. 80% of the kids stood. They needed God help. But see, they've come to understand that stuff doesn't bring satisfaction. Now, I'm not asking you today. Don't be foolish. But I want you to write this statement. Here it is. Point number four. A simple lifestyle brings great contentment. I'm not asking us to fast twice a week, have meat once a week. I'm not talking about any of that. I'm just saying to you that Paul, whether he had plenty or little, he could keep life on an even keel because he was content. Paul had learned this key. Prosperity cannot bring contentment. Nor can poverty remove contentment. That's huge. You see, it's not about the stuff. All through the Bible, we see that. Paul says, if you have food and water and clothes and shelter, anything else is a plus, enjoy. Enjoy God, enjoy people, enjoy your time, because we're here in this life short. Then one day, Jesus in the Sermon on the Mount expressly taught this key. Look at it. It's found in Matthew chapter 6. Jesus says this, ask the Heavenly Father this, give us today our daily bread. What does that mean? Well, that means that God will take care of us today. By asking God for today, that means that I know everything comes from Him. So why am I worried? Because God is enough. So here's what I want you to write. Point number five this morning. It's okay to ask God for things. Absolutely we should ask God for things. In fact, the Bible commands us to ask Him for things. He gives them generously to us to enjoy. But while those things are coming, quit comparing yourself with somebody else. Quit being envious of somebody else. Don't put your contentment on what he gives you, just that he's a good God. 
Notice, be content with what God gives you. For you and me, the rest of your life and my life is going to be ups and downs. The only way for me to enjoy it, let me tell you a principle. Paul, Paul's contentment didn't come from circumstances. Paul's contentment did not come from stuff and possessions. He experienced all of those things in his life. His contentment came from this principle. It's the last verse. If you and I will get this, it'll change us. Real contentment can only be found in a personal relationship with Jesus Christ. Because that's enough. You can't find it in things. You can't find it in perfect circumstances because those circumstances will change. And if I'm not content, the other word is discontent. And another word that goes with discontent is worried, fearful, filled with anxiety, which gets us nothing. I was at a reception for one of the funerals recently. The big guy came up to me and he went, man, you're short. <laughs> what am I going to say to the guy? He's, you know, 12 foot tall. I'm not going to go, what are you talking about out there? I said, yeah, I am. But in heaven, I'm going to be 6'11". <laughs> so, well, Pastor Mark, you're not content. No, I told you in heaven. Because the Bible says, can a man add an inch to his stature? Well, if I have high shoes, I could, but no. Can you add a day to your life? No, you cannot. So what do we want to be today? I want to take a seal a moment. I'm going to pray for us. I want to ask you right now, are you a rich person? If you know God, you're richer than anything this world can provide. Because your sins have been forgiven. You know where you're going. When you get to heaven, you'll never experience lack of any kind forever. You know the music we heard this morning? Aren't you glad when you get to heaven, you're not going to be sitting on a cloud playing a stupid harp? Thank you, Jesus. We're going to be worshiping the King of Kings. Because he's been gracious enough, our Father, to send his Son to die for us. Some of you don't have contentment because you don't know Jesus Christ. How do you become a follower of Jesus Christ? Very simple. Number one, you admit you're a sinner. Everyone's born in sin. Number two, you realize that the solution to your sin is not a church. It's not religion. It's Jesus Christ. God sent his son to die on the cross. He paid for your sin. Number three, I have to ask God to forgive me of my sins and mean it. That means my lifestyle is going to be different. God will help you. Number four, I receive him into my life. You need God. The only way you're going to get to heaven is God. And he loves you so much. Today, Pastor Mark taught what the Bible has to say about acquiring worldly possessions. He shared the warnings from Scripture and the potential spiritual consequences of chasing stuff due to personal discontentment. He also talked about the personal benefits that accrue from living a contented life and how that contentment will bless others. Lessons for Living is the teaching ministry of Pastor Mark Balmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. We have multiple campuses to reach those living in Melbourne, Sebastian, and Vieira. 
All campuses meet each weekend and on Wednesdays to spend time collectively raising our voices in worship to our Most High God and studying the truth and blessings found in His Word. For more information, directions, and service times, visit LessonsForLivingRadio.com and click on the church link at the bottom of the page. This concludes the teaching, content with almost nothing or with everything. Next time, Pastor Mark will begin his teaching, content with who God made me. He'll be addressing topics that lots of people struggle with, such as why God made you the way he did. You'll be learning about the wonderful uniqueness of the person known as you. You've been listening to Lessons for Living with Pastor Mark Ballmer of Calvary Chapel, Melbourne. Please join us again here on Lessons for Living, and together, let's do life right. In a hurting world, a new hope he is given.